What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie, this time chosen by the homies for the homies. It is the triumphant, the magnificent return of our Discord Decide. Yeah, let's go, baby. It's back. Let's go. It's been a minute. And we were very excited to be able to do a proper Discord Decides again. And yeah. it felt so good to just let, <laughs> once again, let the homies pick, especially because we decided to do new releases that we'd missed as the theme. And mm -hmm. so it was kind of nice to just give the reins over and let you decide which one you would like to hear us talk about next instead of us trying to figure out what to talk about, wading through the options ourselves. Right. Uh, but we did whittle it down to what we thought were like the three big hitters yeah. for October. Um, and of the three, the homies have spoken in a very close race um, mm -hmm. and decided that Five Nights at Freddy's should be the pick for this month's Discord Decides, um, which is very exciting because... Again, this is a movie that was bummed that we couldn't talk about when we couldn't, but I'm very happy that we can talk about now because I know there was a lot of hype behind this one. Yeah, this one was one that uh, was pretty heavily anticipated and there was a lot of conversation around it when it came out. This is one that we, you know, had been looking forward to prior to even the trailer being released. I know it's one that we had talked about before then. Mm -hmm. especially when we covered Willy's Wonderland. I think that right. that movie kind of brought us back into the conversation about the Five Nights adaptation. But I'm really, I was really excited. A, I was excited to cover any of them because I, once again, missed the bow. I hadn't seen any of the options that were available. You had seen two of the three and mm -hmm. Five Nights is one that you had seen, but yeah. I didn't, I had missed this one. So I was okay. really excited. Very nice. And now I think we should probably just get it out the way, like before we go into the movie breakdown or anything like that, just to kind of clarify here for everyone listening, both of us are not like huge. Um, we're not huge experts. authorities or experts mm -hmm. on Five Nights at Freddy's. No, neither of us have played the games. Um, I think we both know enough about the franchise to like understand a couple like references here and there. But neither of us are like diehards. Yeah. Uh, so I, when I was particularly in my watching YouTubers play video games phase, mm -hmm. I would sit for hours and watch Markiplier play yeah. Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, so Who kind of like pioneered this game in a way. Like shout out yeah. to Markiplier. There, granted, he's not the only person that played it, but I feel like, and when you talk about people who really popularize this game. He's always in the conversation. Yes. So 
that was my first big introduction into Five Nights was watching him play it. And I really enjoyed it. It definitely seemed like the the sort of game that would spook me heavily, which is part of the reason that I never played it, because um, I didn't think that I was built for the Five Nights at Freddy's life. Uh, not because it's... I, I know that in t as time goes on in the franchise, some of the gameplay does get different. But those first few Freddy Freddy's games were pretty simple in concept and in gameplay. But it was the jump scares that were heavy and what it was known for. And jump scares in video games are not built. I'm not built for them. My body... <laughs> Is not has not been equipped with the bravery needed to handle games that have heavy jump scares. And to be quite honest with you, homies, if me and Roshane didn't play those types of games together, I would not make progress in <laughs> any of them. So, yeah, it was never one that I played, but I know a little bit of lore just from seeing videos about the games. There's this um, right. this other YouTuber that I watch whose name is L.S. Mark. And okay. he has like an almost four or five hour long video that breaks down every bit of lore on the Five Nights at Freddy's game. And gotcha. multiple times, because I fall asleep watching YouTube, multiple times I have woken up and that video has just started auto-playing. So it's like I <laughs> continuously hear bits of that video in my <clears> sleep <throat> and in like a semi-awake state. And I feel like I've retained some of the information. But like I said, it's all chopped up. Yeah, no, nah, that's very fair. I honestly, I'm not sure if it's the exact same video, but I know I've at least started a lore deep dive on mm -hmm. Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, I think I started it around the time we were covering Willy's Wonderland and then proceeded to mm. watch a little bit more in preparation for this just to get like a tiny bit of background here because likewise, there are little snippets of Five Nights lore that I do know, um, but for the yeah. most part, a lot of it is new to me, a bit of a mystery, um, which... I don't think it's a bad way to go into this movie, and I'm pretty sure for a majority of people, it's how a lot of people watch this movie anyway, is like with very little knowledge of the games. Like you're you're one of two pools. One of you're a Five Nights at Freddy's head who came to this film to see your favorite game put on screen, or you have no or you have base level knowledge of Five Nights at Freddy's, but you were curious enough to go watch this movie. I think those yeah. are like the two camps for most viewers for this. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that is kind of the viewpoints that we've had. And so, yeah, unfortunately, in this episode, we cannot come from the perspective of diehard Freddy fans who <laughs> have very specific viewpoints. And I can't speak to if they enjoyed it and felt it was faithful enough or if they didn't because it strayed too far. That's not the perspective that that I'll have today, but we are going to be coming from a perspective, I think, of the, the more casual moviegoer who is well versed enough in the games to be excited about the idea of a Five Nights at Freddy's. But I think that also is interesting because I think especially with a movie like this that has so many games and at this point does have a lot of lore Um. I think it is an interesting way to come in and say 
did I still enjoy it despite not really knowing all of the Easter eggs and all of the the fun cameos and things like that? And also, did I learn enough from this one movie alone to say, okay, yeah, this I, I felt like this was a story beginning, middle, end that mm-hmm. I understood. I think those right. are the, the answers that we can give today. True. Um, but before we go into that, we do have to talk a little bit about how scary Five Nights mm-hmm. at Freddy's the movie is. Um, true, true. Not the game, because the game, to me personally, I give the game like a four point <laughs> point <Nightmare> four. <laughs> I give the game a little four point four if it were up to me. But yes, on a scale of one to five, five being the scariest, one being not scary at all. Where did you think the movie fell? Well, with it being, of course, a PG-13 rendition, um, it, it's a one for me. I, I do <laughs> think that it, it, it's not... The thing is, like, Five Nights at Freddy's in general for me, this is both... This is just franchise in general. Like, the idea of it's scary, and I think, like, playing the games does make it kind of scary. Um, but a lot of those scares are jump scares, right? Like, that's the whole idea. And so I knew that going into this movie. I was like, it's PG-13. It's based off a franchise that uses mostly jump scares. Mm -hmm. Check your expectations at the door. And I did. Um, However, I still think the movie, although it does have some, it still has some jump scares and some scary bits. It does feel like it's leaning very heavily into the PG-13 rating. To mm-hmm. no fault of its own. Like, it is a franchise that is kind of catered towards a younger audience. So, like, I get it. Um, right. But for that reason, outside of, like, one instance in the movie, I think everything is pretty tame. So, I'm I'm giving it a one out of five, personally. Okay. I, I'm actually going to fall, I think, around, like, a, a 2.7. Okay. Only because... There were moments in this movie that did really stress me out. I felt like I was on the brink of fear. It was those moments that lead up to, you know, a jump scare is going to be there. But I Mm -hmm. do feel like something about the way that they played it in this movie, they they built up just enough time for me to really sit in that the moment before Um, the anticipation kind of really worked for me in Mm -hmm. in a couple of these scenes i don't think it's necessarily all throughout there's honestly a lot of moments within this film that we'll talk about that kind of pulled me in the opposite direction where i really felt that it goes into the campy rather than the horror which kind of allows you to not be that scared it kind of lets you release that However, the moments that they did build that back up, I think really worked for me. The jump scares themselves weren't super scary. Um, And like you said, you know, we're usually a little bit more tame. But there are some stressful moments within this film that I think really kind of surprisingly got to me. Like I was surprised that they got to me. Um, So, yeah, I think just for that alone, I I would give it like a 2.7. Okay. But all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, and you have been warned. But today, 
We are talking about Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie from 2023. This film was directed by Emma Tammy, based on the game of the same name by Scott Cawthon, co-written by Emma Scott and Seth Cudbeck, starring Josh Hutcherson as Mike Schmidt, Piper Rubio as Abby, Elizabeth Lale as Vanessa, and Matthew Lillard as Steve. Mike Schmidt recently lost his mall security job after a violent misunderstanding with a careless father. Broke and on the verge of losing custody of his sister, Abby, Mike agrees to become the new security guard of the now-closed Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. But what Mike doesn't know is that Freddy's has a dark history, which he may soon become a part of. Insert mall fountain fist fights, late night table forts, and deadly dancing animatronics here. Our film concludes with Mike learning the truth about Freddy Fazbear's. But will this new knowledge be enough to keep him and his sister safe? Also, why do I always get the weirdos? Roll credits. Uh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Five Nights at Freddy's is yeah. a movie that has been, I feel like, before it came out, talked about a little bit in the sense of, did they wait too long? Yeah. Yeah. Fair assessment. Fair assessment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> especially because, like, I feel like Willy's Wonderland really spurred a lot of those conversations, at least in my circle, mm-hmm. of just like, a, okay, we got our scary animatronics film, but it's not Five Nights at Freddy's. Is it, right. is, like, is it a Five Nights at Freddy's fanfic? Like, is it a sidestep? Like, what is Willy's? Um, but we did find out that there was, in fact, a Five Nights at Freddy's that was in production. Um, it's just, it's had a lot of pushbacks and like, Mm -hmm. I think that's, was a big thing in terms of like the timing, because I think initially the movie was announced in like 2015 and was originally going to be a Warner brothers production. Then in 2017, it got announced that Blumhouse was now going to be producing it and they had changed directors. And then again, in 2021, we got more information, um, with another director change, but with the reassurance that the film was still being made. So it's been almost 10 years of like, where's five nights at Freddy's kind of sorta, which I think understandably was spurring some of those conversations. Yeah. And I mean, the thing about it is I feel like where they did get lucky with this franchise is it's not nearly at the height of its popularity. Like it was, but there's still fans and it's still heavily. I get, I see stuff about five. Do you know how many five nights at Freddy's makeup videos were on my for you page on Instagram during the month of Halloween? I mean, (laughs) I, and, and I mean, it's like that every year where every time October rolls around, I see people doing five nights at Freddy's makeup doing cosplay, doing all sorts of things. And I just think that at this point in time, it's big enough that 
people who like the video games still like the video games, but now it's almost leaked out from there. And so basically everybody that you ask knows about this franchise in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And so, yes, it was a long time coming. Yes, they honestly probably could have really popped off if they had released around the same time that the game was at like the height of popularity. However, I think that they were able to include more things in this movie because of waiting. And we have seen by the success of this movie that people were still checking for it. People were so right. excited. I mean, it did so well. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like, I think reception aside, one of the things that was a pro of waiting so long for this movie is you can see the attention to detail, which as a gamer and a nerd, I do love that when we have adaptions where it's like, whether or not the movie's good is one conversation, but whether or not they actually cared about the source material is a whole nother one. Yeah. And I think if nothing else, you can say that this movie really did care about the actual franchise of Five Nights at Freddy's, mm -hmm. um, especially with like getting the original creator involved as well. That's always typically a great combination for success. And I think that taking their time with both the characters, the animatronics, which look absolutely fantastic. Shout out to Jim Henson's Creature Shop for working on all of those. Um, to just the actual location in itself. I remember back when we were first talking about this, like when we just got images of like some of the early work of the animatronics, some of the first looks at Freddy's as a as a location mm -hmm. that by itself was hype because you could tell that they really were taking inspiration from the games and yeah. i respect that and i'm glad that this film if nothing else i feel like visually it's exactly what i expected it to be in a mm -hmm. good way i agree with that visually aesthetically this movie was what i wanted and i think that the locations one of the important aspects of, I think, this story in and of itself is the animatronics and the location. And honestly, both of those were I was really, really happy with. So that just left the story. If the story was good, then we would have three for three. But if nothing else, they really put time, care, love into the look of the setting and I really, really enjoyed that. And then, yeah, the animatronics, which honestly you could almost say is more important for some people than the story, to me, were great. I, I was yeah. really impressed. I think that they looked awesome. They moved amazingly well. And yes, at times it's a silly notion, but I think that's more just inherent to the fact that they are kid mascot animatronics than mm -hmm. anything else yeah um so yeah that on, on a visual standpoint i think they really knocked it out of the park and so kudos to them for that mm -hmm. um however there is a whole plot that we have to talk about which mm -hmm. um i think could be hit or miss depending on who you are and how you felt about what this movie was supposed to do going into it um so with that being said eric i'm very curious to know what is in your notebook? Well, my first note is Josh is a dad, which he's not. <laughs> but I just feel like at this point in time, doesn't it? Isn't it so crazy? Because the child actors 
that we grew up with who are our age, about our age, and seeing them now being put into roles of parents and parental figures, it just throws me aback every time. <laughs> no, because honestly, yeah, we are at that age where it wouldn't be crazy to be that. You know, nah. it, it, I mean, now granted, Abby is a little bit older. Um, and, and Josh is not, Mike is his character. I won't call him Josh. Um, Mike is not actually her dad. He is her older brother, but he is her guardian. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we don't know that within the first few minutes. And yeah, I, I, we're definitely at that age where that's not weird. <laughs> and that's, no, act, that's quite normal, but it's very still normal, but it still feels weird. Kicks me in my <laughs> gut when I see that. Cause I'm like, you're the bridge to Terabithia kid. <laughs> you can't have a kid. That's weird. Yeah. But now nah, they covered their bases. Like, no, no, no. Younger sibling. Um, yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and <laughs> honestly, despite the fact that like it feels parental, like it didn't bother me. I think it works out that they're siblings because it still yeah. gets the point across that he obviously cares very deeply for Abby and her well-being, especially when we learn about his past with his other brother being snatched up um, under his watch, which he is still to this day traumatized about. We find that out mm -hmm. very quickly. And it's like one of his biggest like factors moving forward in life is trying to figure out like what happened that day and like if there's any way that he can sort that out that's a huge plot point for this film um right. but before we even get into any of that we do see some uh some freddy's action with our original security guard which i do think was a nice way to kind of open us into the movie because like i think you want to get a taste of what the film is going to be um, and I, I'm going to do my absolute damnedest to stop calling back to Willie's here. But like, we saw a similar thing in Willie's where it's like for this sort of, a for this kind of a story, it works very well to see like the predecessors in the situation that our main character is going to soon be in, mm -hmm. um, a la our security guard in this movie who apparently was supposed to be Markiplier, but had scheduling conflicts, right. which I did think was like a very interesting little plot point there um, which which we do get other youtubers in this mm -hmm. film which i also i think is nice uh, a similar thing happened in was it scream six that james and chelsea were in right like where they used dead meat in the video i think it was five five yeah one of the screams they did that <laughs> the two mixed together but yes one of the screams like that's happened before where i enjoy when they take people who are maybe influential to the genre and let them do little cameos and that's mm -hmm. what they did in five nights which i think was really nice because to be quite honest with you youtubers really did help to kind of propel five nights at freddy's into bigger notoriety than it already had like i said i know more about it because of watching a youtuber play it that i wouldn't have known if i did not do that um right. so matt pat is the waiter in one of the scenes because i'm pretty sure he has a game theory video on five night or a couple on five nights and then there's another youtuber who 
uh, is the taxi driver. The, the driver, yeah, Corey X. Kenshin. Who... Yes, which I've never seen his videos, but mm -hmm. he would pl also play the game. And I saw it got like millions of views yeah. on those gameplays as well. Yeah, so it's like they are, I think, I agree at this point, like an integral part of this mm -hmm. franchise. So it is like awesome to see that they were included not only in the conversation for the movie, but in the actual application, getting them in there. That's just really cool. And I yeah. think like that's something that I would love to see more productions adopt. Like, as of course, as long as they can do the role. But like right. everybody who was in here did a great job. They so did. like I, I thought that they were really good. They didn't take away from anything for me. I thought mm -hmm. it was like a fun little nod. Um, you know, the only I only knew because I I recognized Matt Pat that obviously when I saw him, I went, oh shit. But I don't I didn't know that Corey, I didn't know I've never seen him before. So mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it. And I thought he did awesome. Like yeah. he acted what it needed to be. I actually thought that scene was really funny. Yeah. I thought the post credit scene was pretty funny. So mm -hmm. yeah, if they can get the job done, I'm all for it. Right. Um but yeah, I I I really enjoyed that. I thought that was really nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, but we get the setup again with um, the initial security guard who doesn't make it in the beginning. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and we also get our first glimpse at like one of the traps, quote unquote, which is like this whirling saw mask that yeah. uh, you assume they put on your face and just rips you to shreds. Um, but we also get like a little bit of foreshadowing because the security guard does attempt to escape is not successful, but their attempt ends up helping Mike later on, which I did think was a nice callback. I thought that that was a nice setup for that. Yeah, um, and we but, get to see the vents, which are mm -hmm. such a big part of the game, and also they do incorporate a lot into the movie, um, is we get to see that used in this very beginning, the security guard tries yeah. to crawl through the vent to escape. Yeah. And and it's also, in my opinion, like pretty bold to like in the first sequence show the security room because that is a huge just visual point of Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm -hmm. um, so to just be like from the from the beginning, it's like this is what you came here to see. Boom. Here's the room. And it right. looks great. Like in a lot of ways, one for one from the room in the game, from what I can see. Um, and so it's just like, I, again, commend them for all of the setting, all the set pieces, all of that stuff. It just looks really good and is very effective at pulling you into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, but talking again about Mike and his relationship with Abby and whatnot, um, I feel like that this was at least from my viewing a, um, a point of contention for some people about the, mm -hmm. the plot of our main characters now again coming from a standpoint of not knowing too too much about five nights lore um i was okay with the story that we got between mike abby this whole situation with losing his brother and like all of that like their dynamic it worked for me and like uh i can see where this is going but i'm cool with it sort of mm -hmm. way um i'm curious how you felt about it though yeah, so Abby is a character who's been completely made up for the movie. Mm -hmm. Mike or Michael is a character from the games, but the backstory in the film is yeah. totally different than his backstory in the games. Personally, for me, 
Okay, let me talk about what I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I enjoyed, I agree with you. I enjoy that they're siblings. I actually think that that dynamic works very well for the story that's being told. I think especially because Mike has been kind of thrust into this guardian position that he's not really well equipped for. He wasn't expecting to have to take care of his sister. He isn't prepared to take care of his sister, let alone take care of himself. And he's having a really hard time relating to her and providing for her. Those are the two things that I think he's struggling with. And I think he really struggles with this idea that he's not doing a good job, which I think actually works really well for the push that he has to find whatever job he needs and also works, I think, for that later moment when because I think throughout we we see Mike get fairly frustrated taking care of Abby, not because he doesn't love her, but because he just doesn't know what to do. And Abby does make things hard for him, which is not necessarily, you know, she's not trying to do that on purpose. But I mean, they're just both dealing with things in their own way. And I think that they're not really dealing with them together. They're dealing with them separately. And so Mike gets very frustrated throughout this movie. And I think that having that sort of a relationship is the only way that that moment later works where Matt, Matt, (laughs) (laughs) Matt, (laughs) (laughs) where Mike says, yeah, you can have Abby. I think that's the only way that that would have worked is because Mm -hmm. of the relationship that we have built and the foundation that we've laid because it is a big mistake. It's a big moment. And I think it's a huge time where you kind of look at Mike and think, what? But at the same time, we have really seen him battle. And I'm not going to lie to you. I got frustrated with Abby at times, but I think it's because we get to see that Mike really is fighting for this. However, we also do see that Mike is heavily stuck in the past of dealing with the loss of one sibling so much so that he's kind of neglecting the sibling that he still has. And I think that I liked seeing this version of it. I think I've seen that story a lot from a parent's perspective where it's, oh, we lost one child and now I can't focus on the child that we have. I feel like I've seen that version a lot. I liked seeing a sibling twist on that um it felt similar but different enough that i was down i was down for it Mm -hmm. um the the bigger ish i also think too um it works because i i I feel like i can understand him bring him bringing abby to freddy's more as a brother than as a parent i feel like as a as a dad in that situation you would probably never want your kid to be there Mm -hmm. um but as a brother i'm i could see it being kind of one of those things of eh, sure whatever Mm -hmm. i i have to bring you i don't have a choice whatever just stay where you need to stay kind of a thing the the bigger issue that i think bothered me and i was a little bit less certain of if I liked it or not was the custody battle issue. Yeah. Not it, my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That I was going to bring that up too. Cause like that part to me, 
Um, and I, I had a couple gripes with the um, brother abduction thing, too, that I'll get into later. Okay. Um, but I feel like the custody battle was, for me, it, it felt artificial in terms of, like, problems for the characters to deal with. Like, yes, it upped the stakes and it, it gives Mike reason to um, be more open to accepting the security guard job. Like, okay, yes, I, I see how it pushes the plot forward but for me after he gets the job it becomes an irrelevant plot point mm-hmm. um where it's just like i like we all see where this is going clearly she's not going to get custody of abby by the end of this like yes she's kind of like a villainous character to add in more stakes yada 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 but it's just one of those things where i feel like most people will kind of dismiss that character and granted she doesn't have a super large amount of screen time like and i don't really fault jane for like not being the most memorable character but i just felt like that's not what we came here for (laughs) and like there we're already getting enough stuff that we didn't necessarily come to this movie for where we didn't need so much emphasis on that because like it's a huge catalyst for a lot of things but it still feels like a side quest in the grand scheme of the movie because it's like it force yeah it forces him to be a lot less picky about his jobs um it, it gives a catalyst to the break-in situation which i feel like there are different ways where we could have facilitated that right um because, like, even that whole plot point was a bit of a stretch. Like, yeah, go mess up the already <laughs> abandoned uh, yeah. entertainment place so he'll get fired. That'll show him, like, I okay, whatever. Um, but I think overall, it just didn't, like, add anything substantial for me other than, like, a couple plot points to move the story forward. And, like, for that, I was a little bit iffy on it. The biggest annoyance with the whole we're gonna break in and rough the place up so he gets fired wouldn't that only work if they did that when he was on the clock clock. he's only supposed to be the nighttime security what happens there during the day really is none of his business because (laughs) they only they already just all they do is lock the place up which he did do he did his job he did what he was told to do he locked the front door he blah 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 they just happened to figure out another way in um which is evidently very easy to do and has been happening for years. So the fact that he would get in trouble for that, which honestly he doesn't get in trouble for it anyway. Uh, But the idea that he would, it doesn't necessarily make sense. Now, these are not the smartest criminals, mind you, in the, in the lot. Like these are definitely just flying by the seat of their pants kind of criminals, (laughs) but still, I thought that that was a little bit of a stretch for them to think that that was going to affect his job in any way. But yeah, yeah, the whole thing with Jane and the custody thing, you're right. It just becomes such a C plot, which is okay, but it's so, it doesn't feel quite necessary. Jane at the end of the day really falls to the wayside i think my biggest issue with it is it feels like it really does kind of get forgotten about is like Mm -hmm. that whole thing happens with them breaking in 
Nothing comes from that. Nothing happens with Jane. And then she just pops up one day. He invites her over and it's like that never happened, which obviously he doesn't know about. But I'm just saying, like, we don't see anything more of what she's doing to put pressure on him for Abby, because also she could have just filed for custody at any time and taken it to court. Um, I understand that maybe she because her only reason for wanting Abby is for the money. Yeah. So maybe she doesn't want to spend money, but she already has a lawyer. So really, he's the only one who would have to like really be worried about that, because that's the bigger issue is I think if you took out the custody battle, he's got fired in the very beginning of the movie. So he has no income coming mm -hmm. in. Their biggest concern is they could get kicked out of their house. I think that's enough of a reason for him to feel pressure to get a job yeah. is a they might not have a place to live b he's really running out of resources and places to work so he really oh he already doesn't have options mm -hmm. and c he has to provide for abby and he has to figure out a way to pay pay the babysitter he has to figure out a way to pay the rent so there's already all of these stressors that i think you could easily use to make him take that job the biggest thing with the custody i feel like is to push that scene where he kind of willingly gives abby up i feel mm -hmm. like that was like just leading to that but i feel like you still didn't need the custody to be an issue for that because i think throughout the movie we already see like i said that as much as he loves abby she is he doesn't feel as connected to her mm -hmm. as he should be i feel like is the bigger issue yeah and i also think too for me i it's i think it could be a personal taste thing but i also just think that there are different ways that you could have included the custody battle without having her be like a you know, twiddle her mustache villain. <laughs> yeah. Or like it could have just been a concerned family member that's like, look, dude, you don't have a job and you're barely being able to keep your place. I'm just trying to look out for Abby. Like even if she wasn't villainous and just wanted custody for the betterment of Abby, that would have still worked. It still would have put pressure on him to figure mm. out his situation where I'm just like this whole like, I'm, I don't know. It's, it, it's the, I'm the villain energy that they gave her that I'm just like, I don't think we need that when we already have another main villain. And then right. we have kind of like our, our pseudo villains with the animatronic characters. I just didn't think we needed another antagonist. It just felt like a little bit extra, um, for a plot that was already like full enough in my mm -hmm. opinion. Uh, so yeah, it's like one of those things where it was a plot point that I just didn't really care for. Um, and then with the, so with the abduction stuff, uh -huh. I, so I like it. I had two gripes with it. Um, I'll start with what I liked, which is like, I like the notion of how much trauma that has given to Mike, because I feel like that was a great catalyst for some of the way that he was and some of the actions that he takes, mm -hmm. um, because that's a very traumatic thing to go through. And like, I, I, couldn't help but sit with this notion of this guy willingly every single night relives one of the most traumatic days of his life on purpose. That's that's huge. And that tells mm -hmm. me so much about him as a person, 
like him and his mental state, like all of that stuff. I really enjoy that bit. The part that I don't like about the abduction thing is like it is a huge, huge part of this plot. And I feel like it ultimately just leads up to a reveal of like, yeah, I did it from the main villain. And Uh that's it. Like, like, Like we get all this lead up into like the. All right. All this is to find out who was it that took my brother. Okay, now I'm seeing these ghost kids who can help me figure out who it was that took my brother. And then once he finally finds out who it was that took his brother, he's like, "Yeah, I killed him." Mm-hmm. And that that's the end of that plot line. I'm like, and like, no, I I didn't necessarily want like a grand reveal of like, oh no, he's been hidden in the back of Freddy's the entire time <laughs> or anything like that. But it's just like for me, once we got the like the conclusion to that to that plot arc i felt a little bit disappointed where i'm like damn we spent a lot of time on that just for it to be kind of like a passing Mm one-liner you know right i i actually really liked so i started off very lukewarm about the abduction aspect and i really liked it by the end of it okay um because really to me the dream abduction thing kind of felt like a device to be able to allow Mike to interact with the children Mm -hmm. rather than anything else because it's only within that dream and they kind of use that dream to manipulate him in a way. And so that felt like the bigger point of it all by the end of it, which I, I actually didn't mind. I, because... Otherwise, Abby really interacts with the kids. Or I should say when they're in their kid form, because it's like they can have the animatronic form and then their kid ghost form. Mm -hmm. Um, And she sees them both ways. And so Mike reacts to them in their kid form in his dreams. And I like kind of the dynamic that they build within the dream for that i agree with you i think it is a really interesting idea that mike is so fixated on this one moment in his life that is so horrible and so awful that he is willing to go back and pinpoint every single detail and he has devoted his entire life to doing this and that so much so that he would rather sleep then be awake and live his life now. I think that that is an aspect of his character that, you know, one of the the traits of him that they talk about the whole time is like he, he sleeps a lot. So we come to find out that like he really is neglecting his real life to deal with this, this dream world where he thinks that he can save his brother. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of that really probably honestly does affect Abby as well is that's why she leans so heavily into these imaginary characters because she needs something like something in her life to to find comfort in and she ends up finding it and what we find out are the ghost like the Freddy kids but I think Because of how they tie it in, because, yeah, it ends up being like, oh, it was just also William that kidnapped his brother. And I but I also feel like that's quite obvious. I mean, you like deduce that I feel like about halfway through the movie that 
the kids were probably killed by the same person that was killed, <laughs> that killed his brother. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, then it kind of becomes this this thing that gets used at the end where then he's like, yeah, I killed your brother and now I get to kill you. Um, but I do think it also works for him and Vanessa and the relationship that kind of forms between them since she kind of puts the pieces together. Um, it's interesting because you're right. I think it is a big part of the film that ends up being just a little bit feels like such a huge integral part of it because it does take up so much of the time, but then ends up being kind of like not that as important by the end of it. But I think that that's be, but like I said, I think that that's because the abduction part is not becomes not as important as the like dream infiltration part. And I feel like that was really what it was set up for. And then, like, the abduction just becomes a part of Mike's origin story and kind of the way that he handles things. But I feel that as we go into the dreams, I mean, we see less and less of the abduction. Every time he goes into the dream, we almost pick up right with him talking to the kids or, like, Mm -hmm. dealing with them. And we don't even see the abduction anymore. So I feel like it just becomes less... As it becomes less important quote unquote to to mike i feel like it becomes less important to the story but i'm kind of okay with that okay yeah it's i don't know it's one of those things where it's like it it only bugged me at the end where like i was Mm -hmm. in for it and i was along for the ride and i just like i felt underwhelmed with the way that we we ended up with it like i think an easy fix for me is to have some form of animatronic of his brother just to like give us that little send off or something like i don't know mm-hmm. um but i mean ultimately it's there it kind of serves its purpose to like catapult us into different po- uh points in the movie but i feel like since you kind of mentioned them we should kind of talk about some of the big stars of this movie aka the animatronics and like this whole integration of them Um, So one of the few things I knew about Five Nights at Freddy's going into this movie was that all of the animatronics were possessed children who had been Mm -hmm. killed. That was like my base level knowledge for who these creatures were. Um, And I didn't really look much deeper than that before seeing the movie. Um, But with just that in mind, I like what they did. And... I say that from a standpoint of I thought that we were getting scary animatronics the entire time. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we spent time with the animatronics as their child forms, like, I mean, like, they're still in the robot body, but, like, they're acting like children. I thought that I would dislike that a lot more than I did. Or did I say that correctly? I thought I was going to dislike that. But it ended up actually kind of working for me because it gave me a different perspective on these animatronics than I expected to go into the movie with. Now, granted, I don't know how lore accurate that part is in terms of like their behavior and all that stuff. (laughs) But for a plot device for this movie, I kind of liked it because it's like then now I have some variety between like the oh, this is who they want to be. But then also because of their situation, this is who they are. 
Right. I think in the I'm pretty sure in the games that they are much more aggressive and just malevolent spirits than anything else. And that there's kind of no essence of their child like qualities are left. I think mm-hmm. that that like part of them has long been gone and they're just angry, mad, hateful. And yeah, and this one we see them almost switch between those states. And so when they're calm or a little bit like more docile, they are kind of just kids trapped in these bodies. They want to play. They want to have a good time. And they see Abby. I'm sure there hasn't been a kid that has come into that place in some time. And Abby becomes a friend to them. And they feel like kids and they're like kids again playing with her and so we even get this whole fort building montage which i would have never guessed would have been in this (laughs) film wouldn't have put it on my bingo card personally but and when it started i kind of felt that same way of thinking oh this is not gonna i don't like this like i just immediately (laughs) was like i don't know about this but i think what works well about it is that It is kind of scary, I think, to have these really unpredictable characters where sometimes they're okay and Mm -hmm. then sometimes they are ready to kill. And I think, honestly, that does kind of match the game because part of the game is kind of trying to keep them docile or, or trying to do these different things to avoid that anger and that killing. And so it just so happens in the movie that coincides with the kids and their the way that they're feeling. And so mm-hmm. it's true that in the movie they don't really remember their lives, but they still hold some of that childlike quality. And so it's interesting to watch the animatronics. I I think it allowed them to let there be moments of the animatronics doing things that are kind of fun and Mm -hmm. having these sequences where we see them do their original show and get to watch them perform. And then, yeah, we watch them be a little bit silly because at the root of it, this idea is kind of silly. I'm I, it is, a childlike idea that we are turning into horror. And so it is kind of fun to be able to really lean into that and have these characters play both sides because I think kind of leaning into what I said, it kind of adds to that anticipation. And I think what made me nervous was never really knowing when and why that change would happen And so there are a lot of moments where I didn't know if someone was going to get hurt. I didn't know when it was going to happen. And I didn't know why, like what set them off for the longest time. And Mm -hmm. so that's where those moments of stress came for me. Yeah. And again, I think that that having them have their docile moments, like you said, ups the stakes for those Mm -hmm. moments when they do turn because then it's like, oh, that's such a drastic shift. Because yeah. now, for how silly the notion of the of the break and entering was, 
it was, in my opinion, the scariest portion of the film because we saw these animatronics at their meanest or angriest. Um, and even for a PG-13 movie, like I thought the, the chomp in half, um, which I think, again, Five Nights at Freddy's fans, correct me if I'm wrong, is a bit of an ode to the bite of 83, if I'm mm-hmm. saying that correctly. Um, I thought that that was a pretty gruesome death um, for a character, despite the movie's rating. And like they got away with that, of course, using shadows to like kind of play it off. But all of this idea of what happened there was still there. And so I was like, okay, we can get a little bit gritty in here while still keeping the like kid friendly atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was handled very well. I wish we had more moments like that. Like, I don't think that, like, we needed an R-rated version of this movie or, like, an intense amount of gore. Like, I didn't need another Willys, but I do think I would have enjoyed one or two more sequences like the breaking and, the breaking and entering sequence just to see what they're capable of. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, that's the thing is, like, you need to establish the threat. And they do. They establish how much of a threat they are. But I, as a viewer, I, I do like seeing it. And because you have multiple of them, it is nice to see that they're different ways of, you know, carnage or however they kill people. Like, I love seeing the uniqueness in the characters and their methods. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was really here for it during that sequence. And then we don't really get too much more of that throughout the rest of the movie. So that for me was a little bit of a letdown, but it's also like a pro because like I, I enjoyed how they took those, those uh, bad people out in that section. Right. Well, and I think too, that that could be an element of it. That is just staying true to the games is that a lot of what they do, because like I said earlier, this, this game is much more of a jump scare type of game than anything else in the violence is implied mm-hmm. um and not really shown and that's definitely what we get in the movie which i know some people were not excited about or happy with yeah but i like i knew that one going into it that like right. you weren't gonna see a bunch of gore and, and stuff. especially it's like it's pg pg-13 now granted even with pg-13 they probably could have gotten away with showing more but i think that is why they paired it back is because it does track more in line with the gore and violence level of the game is that you get very little seen and the the attack is what's important but then you don't see the aftermath of that like you see the characters in attack which we do get to see especially with foxy foxy Um, they do a great section with that yes they do a great nod to the way the jump scares are in the game with foxy um a couple of times actually and i also love those moments where you see the animatronics on the camera like move and you see the shadows there's one moment um where you see the the shadow of bonnie i i like just the silhouette coming through a door and Mm -hmm. then there's another moment where it's like you just see chica walking i loved all that stuff i thought that that was really great is seeing the characters moving about the building and getting glimpses of them because that's also an aspect of the game that i was happy got translated over and i think honestly worked the best but yeah, really besides the opening scene with the old security guard, our 
four dumb criminals mm-hmm. and are ending with William. Those are the only deaths, quote unquote, like in even with William, it's like not fully, but those are the only attacks really by the creatures that or by the animatronics that we see um really get violent besides of course you know we do have that section where they're where they hurt mike but Mm -hmm. he's fine i mean he's not fine (laughs) he's fucked all the way up but he lives he's cool he trots away so Mm -hmm. yeah it's not a it's not a high body count and we really don't get to see all of them even really in action honestly mr cupcake takes out about <laughs> 75 percent of the of, people yeah a lot of screen time for cupcake <laughs> he is eating them up truly uh mm-hmm. so even with that it's like we don't even really get to see all of them do do the thing that they do but yeah at least each of them gets a moment and mm-hmm. it is fun to watch it the majority of it is in that one section but i think they did a really good job of translating the way that these characters attack from game to screen. Mm-hmm. I think that that was really successful. I think that they did a good job with that and with keeping the heart of the game intact whilst doing so. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, it's never too much. And to me, it didn't feel like too little. Um, you know, I'm never going to complain about more body count. I would have, I don't know how we would have fit it in uh-huh. because it, also there's not that many characters in this movie, at least not that many that are important. Yeah. We get some like one-off couple of line characters, but our core is very small. Yeah, no, it's true. So I guess in that regard, they did their best. And <laughs> like it, it it was good. It was good. Um, I just think that like from the reception that we saw, a lot of people might have had other expectations. Yeah. Um myself even still wanting more. I still respect their choice with how much we got. Mm-hmm. Um but it was just like, yeah, what we got was good and I wanted to see more of it. So yeah. Um that was kind of my vibe, but I understand. Um, I am curious to know, though, how you felt about our other characters, Vanessa and William and their whole situation. Um, did that work for you or? Um, so Vanessa pissed me off. Same. Same. <laughs> just every time I saw her step on the scene, I was irritated. I just knew it was going to be some bullshit. The mm-hmm. way and, and the thing about it that I'm conflicted with now is like I said, this was my first time watching the movie. Knowing what we learn about Vanessa by the end, it makes sense the way that she acts. And so, but I'm still pissed. I I mean, I'm like, I, I think back and I, I'm like, okay, her weird behavior makes much more sense. Makes now. more sense. Yeah. I understand the dramatics of it. I understand why she said the things that she said at some times. But still, oh my God, I feel like I just don't like the way that Vanessa was written. She almost feels like a manic pixie dream girl, but the horror version of that. And it pisses me off. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. When I'm, there's like a quirky element to her where she's like, 
should we dance? <laughs> Bitch, why? <Yeah. laughs> she's like, yeah, she's the girl that shows up during your night shift that suddenly becomes your best friend and love interest yeah. that you didn't ask for out of nowhere. She's just, uh, yeah, where she's just like, oh, yeah, I always eat Snickers for breakfast. Like that kind of a thing where you're like, oh, wow, she's so different. And like Mike's not eating it up by any means, but that's just the way that she's written. Uh, okay no i see i see where you're coming from there i like for me with vanessa my biggest gripe and i i to be honest i am 50 50 on it because i understand likewise knowing that she has this connection with william why she acts the way that she does Mm -hmm. but it's just one of those things where I feel like you could have gotten away with giving this man more information while still doing whatever situation you got set uh, up with William here. Right. Where it's like the vagality clear- of it all. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, clearly you like Mike enough to not want him or Abby to die. Yet still you last several nights without letting him know what the fuck the situation is. And here's the thing. Here's, here's the catch with that is she doesn't tell him jack shit until the last possible second when he like is visually seeing it before she reveals oh yeah these are possessed what you call it didn't even tell him he kind of like mm-hmm. figured it out and she just kind of confirmed it for him um here's the thing that happens like halfway 70% through the film and we still have like a day and a half left of this place Clearly, you could have left out the William stuff and protected your dad while still warning this guy that he was in the midst of potentially killer animatronics. Yes. Easily. Easy peasy. Let me break it down for you. This is the <laughs> this is the threat of Vanessa that pisses me off. <laughs> so we meet her because she shows up. One, the second night that Mike is working, Vanessa shows up. And accusatory she's like why are you being so weird why are your eyes red i'm like you showed up here out of the blue and now you're talking about why is mike being weird what are you doing here why (laughs) who are you and like it's the she's so over the 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 thing that's weird about her to me is she overshares at certain times and then pulls completely back in a way that is so contrarian to me because why even say some of the things you're going to say and then now you want to go mute when he asks you to elaborate on that why even bring up the killings of the 80s he didn't know about that you brought that shit up (laughs) he didn't even know that was a thing before you said something and then oh just mind your business mind your job Girl, you mind your job. Aren't there? <laughs> aren't you a police officer? Get on the streets. Why are you here? Which I don't know. Like she only patrols <laughs> Freddy's apparently, yeah. but she continues to pop up, give Mike a smidgen of information, and then clam up when he asks her to elaborate. And then gets mad at her. And when I say that that is the cycle that happens every single night from the moment we meet Vanessa, every single one of their conversations ends with her basically saying, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to lock you up. I'm going to write you up. Don't do that again. Damn, bitch. Like, can I? (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Tell me the rules. (laughs) When she particularly 
when she gets mad at him for bringing Abby, but then doesn't, she is mad because Mike's, after they find the the spring-locked animatronic, and Mike is like, hey, I would have loved to have known that these were around here. Like, what if Abby had hurt herself? And she's like, well, why did you even bring Abby? Um, Mike A didn't have a choice, which he never mentions that he literally has no other choice but to bring her because her babysitter got murdered, which <laughs> Vanessa also knows and doesn't say anything about. But then she gets mad because Abby gets electrocuted. And it's like as if Mike was supposed to know that that was something that would happen vanessa knew that was going to happen mm -hmm. she knew that they weren't supposed to touch the animatronics never mentioned that to mike like, and then <laughs> gets mad at him that abby got electrocuted and says that she'll shoot him like how dare abby? you put abby in harm's way when i'm gonna go build a blanket fort with abby yeah. and all of the killer animatronics so like, she can touch foreheads to freddy <laughs> side by side she can jump into the arms of chica but oh don't let her strum the guitar she'll die <laughs> what <laughs> yeah there was there was a lot of back and forth with vanessa's character which is somewhat written in because of her relationship to william sure mm -hmm. but it's frustrating i think in practice to like watch it in real time and I like I only watched the movie the one time, but I feel like even on subsequent watches, I'd probably get more pissed because <laughs> I'd be like, now I know specifically what information you're not telling him when mm. you very easily could be providing this information again on a base level just to keep him safe, like just right. to make sure that he doesn't get murdered. You could have told him these things. You never had to oust your dad and the stuff that he was doing. In the 80s, when those kids went missing, the police searched Freddy's from top to bottom. Every inch was accounted for. And they never found them. The man who took them, he was a... Uh, was a very bad man. Very cruel man. So a very clever man. He knew the parents would cry and the police would come looking and he knew there's one place they'd never think to check because... Why would they? Why would anyone? It's not just their ghosts that are inside of those machines. It's their bodies. But you have to understand that the kids, they don't want to hurt anyone. It's, it's him. He influences them somehow. He took everything from them, but they don't remember. Who, Vanessa? I tried to warn you. I really did try in my own way. But it's too late now. He knows that you're looking for him. He'll be coming. You need to tell me who he is. 
name is William Afton. He's my father. Why you are so protecting him at this point, whole different conversation. Right. But there is easily an avenue where you could have stopped him from dying while still not playing the pronoun game every two seconds possible. Like, right. Well, yeah, because all you could have said was there's a serial killer X, Y, and Z. Don't even have to mention William. Don't have to mention the yellow butt like rabbit. Don't have to mention anything but the facts that omit your father being a serial killer, which also damn that's crazy <laughs> but i get it if you want to protect i don't but in this universe she <laughs> kind of feels like she needs to protect her father and by proxy by protecting her father protect them she's 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 all messed up right mm -hmm. uh, yeah she grew up in a messed up world i get it but there was so many ways i feel like that vanessa could have been much more tolerable without being so because the thing about Vanessa that I almost wish I wish she was a little bit more Max because Max is a babysitter who is actually a double agent who is working mm -hmm. for the the Which aunt did not honestly y'all got me I didn't see that didn't one see coming. coming I thought she was into Mike I thought she <laughs> was flirting a little bit I thought girl and then yeah it all turns out it was a lie but Max plays a very particular role in trying to bring the downfall of mike because she's been promised to be paid by jane if she can find anything incriminating which she can't but she likes them at the same time she's doing this bad thing she likes them but she acts just regular when she's mm -hmm. with them just a regular girl and then she leaves and then she's you know gives the intel Whereas Vanessa is just so sketchy from the jump. She's just, I think it's just so clear that she's involved and that yeah. she knows things and that she, and it's even clear to Mike, but it kind of bugs me how easily Mike lets that go. I think just because she's so overtly, I know more than I'm telling you. And it kind of annoys me that he lets her get away with not being upfront about things. He'll ask her a question that she'll very clearly dodge and throw back on him. And he never pushes her on that. And I feel like he's very, very forgiving. And it doesn't strike me as Mike being that type of a person where he would just let that go. Uh -huh. um, and so I think that's what's odd to me about Vanessa is... By the end of it, I didn't mind her. Once once the reveal happens, she's much more tolerable. When she's totally forthcoming, you get it. You realize that she knew, like she recognized after a certain amount of time that her father had killed Mike's brother, which I'm sure made things a little awkward. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you find out all this stuff and she does try and redeem herself in the end. And which... Ends up in a coma. Would you forgive her? <laughs> like, if you were Mike, <laughs> would that um, be enough for you? <laughs> okay, so if I was Mike, maybe. I'm going to give it a maybe. Because okay. my initial gut reaction was no, but I'm going to very, very lightly devil's advocate 
devil's advocate myself here in terms of like, this is a woman who her father's a crazy serial killer Mm -hmm. who grew up in this place and is basically indoctrinated with Freddie in her blood. Like she, Mm -hmm. like she grew up and breathed this place despite all of the disgusting shady things her dad was doing. So having that, despite all of the terrible things to have that sort of connection to this place and her father, just based on her upbringing. All right, cool. Whatever. (laughs) The fact that in the end, in the absolute end, she did try and show up for the moment. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. You did wait till the absolute last freaking second to help. Right. But you did try and help. And so for that, look, I'm not trying to kick a a, a woman who's in a coma who just got stabbed. You know what I mean? Like, right. she, 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 she tried. She tried. Um, and, you know, we even get the line um, as reference where she's like, look. If he's there now, it's, she just refers to him as the yellow rabbit or whatever in the moment. But she's like, if that person entity is there. I'm going to freeze up. Like, I'm telling you straight, mm-hmm. like, straight up right now, if they're there, I don't know if I'm going to be useful at all. Which, you know what? At least you covered your bases there because you you knew enough that, like, your hesitation was going to be a problem should, you know, push come to shove. So it's yeah. like, I, I do give her a bit of a pass there. In the end, you know, Vanessa wasn't the best but I feel like her heart was in the right place once it finally got there. Right. So I, yeah, nah, I forgive her. It, it, it is what it is. Right. You caused so many security guards to die, sure. But at least for Mike and Abby, you, know, you came through. You came yeah. through. Why they were special? I don't know. But <laughs> um, yeah, she she does come through in the end. But yeah, she's just uh, a very vague character that it feels frustrating Mm -hmm. and i just think her both her and who is at first steve who is revealed to be william played by matthew lillard um are just very obviously the bad guys (laughs) yeah you know, and, the, the way and the, it's the a Matthew Willard <laughs> popping back up was the most expected thing on that screen for me. I was like, "Come on, bro!" <laughs> it's who like, else, who else is it going to be? Straight right, up, right? Who? Who? Because I mean, he's the only other character we've seen in this film. So unless it's a new person, <laughs> it's Matthew Lillard. Um, not only that, but to mention, he is quite strange in the original scene with him what is what i do think is kind of fun is i like that they let him talking on the phone to mike be the introduction to the job that is like normally just played i think over tape in Mm -hmm. the in the game i thought that that was fun um but yeah he's freaking being weird he's saying things (laughs) that sound very shady and very much like they could be taken in two different ways so whether he was the main villain or not you knew he was very explicitly involved with what was going on so yeah when he reveals when he takes that rabbit head off it's not necessarily a gasp that you'll gasp but you'll say (laughs) yeah 
I yeah. was like, Matthew, I haven't seen you for an hour and 35 minutes. <laughs> I expected you to pop up again. He's doing, I mean, it's a, he does a great job. Look, yeah, I love that's Matthew Lillard. He's great. <laughs> yeah. And he's fun in his role. Like he, yeah. he brings a, himself to it. I mean, he brings the comedy, like his character, although kooky and weird is kind of funny. So like, it's like, yeah, he's doing the thing. He's doing the thing. Right. And it is crazy how he kills Vanessa without a second thought. It, it, Willie, I feel like they did a good job of making us see just quite how twisted he was by the fact that he was willing to kill her without a second thought just to continue this plan that he he has. And just to get to Abby, uh, one person, one kid, mm -hmm. one guy, he's willing to murder his own daughter just to kill them. So I do like the way that it, the scene plays out post his reveal. And I think that his costume i i'm not even gonna lie for some reason it, it gave me the goosebumps a little bit when he like walked out of the shadows yeah with that and little his hunch. costume yeah and like the blood splattered on it and it for some reason i think because at this point you know that there's this one figure that kind of controls the other animatronics feel so like hulking and scary already. And to know that there is one that's like even bigger and worse than that feels really terrifying. And I feel like his reveal is really great for just being a human man inside of the costume. I don't know how he punted Mike <laughs> so hard that Mike Spartan flew, level force. Yeah, <laughs> flew across the, the room like that. But it is a cool scene. Like I, I, although we don't get a lot of William, who is the big bad in the end, what we do get of him, I actually really enjoyed. I liked mm -hmm. the way that they used the drawings because they yeah. had kind of been building up this idea of the drawings and this way of communicating and how like every child kind of learns by pictures and how that is su becomes such a big part of your life. And the fact that they use that to like reignite their memories. I thought that that was great. That final image of him like glitching in the suit and like <laughs> just perpetually being hurt by the, the spring traps. That also was really cool. I'm pretty sure that's like a loading screen or or something it's, in one of the games. I've seen that before. It's um that one I did see was like an Easter egg because that particular suit, I think, is sitting similarly, somebody dies inside, is just kind of sitting somewhere yeah. with blood dripping out of it. So it's pulled directly from the games. Right. But it's a great image. It looks super cool. Um all of that is is great. I think that this whole sequence works really well for me um so yeah i wasn't i was not at all disappointed in that i just don't know that the whole uh, reveal of it of him being like you were only had one job like you were supposed to keep him in the dark and then kill him if you figured it out i don't get that because i'm like why is that her job to kill someone 
if they figure it out. I mean, I, I just don't understand Vanessa's role in things. I think that that's the mm-hmm. part of it all that I am still very much on the fence about um, is Vanessa's role to play in his. I get I get what you're saying, because like, what is William's grand plan here, right? We see very early on, he realizes, oh, this is the older brother of the kid I killed X, Mm -hmm. Y, and Z years ago. Okay, so this is a good way to get rid of him, too. Um, And then later on, he finds out about Abby and, like, suddenly wants to kill Abby, too. Um, Like, I mean, it's I think it's a mixture of, like, the kids want to play with Abby, but also, like, he wants to kill Abby. Whatever. That's a whole different thing. Um, But it's like, okay, so you give him this job in this place with killer animatronics that you control, why do you need somebody checking up on him? If the animatronics do their job, he will just die. So like, yeah, why, like, is she meant to like keep him on the job? Like, Mm -hmm. is she there to make sure he doesn't quit? Or what purpose is she serving? You know, like, yeah. Like I, I like I I too don't understand her right. part of the scheme outside <laughs> of just keeping other law enforcement from coming in. Like I don't right. understand what else she's supposed to be doing. Right, because like cleanup crew, I get that they kill all those criminals. Mike can't just walk into that. She is the one who intercepts those kinds of issues, and I I guess that is kind of her role is that these animatronics will kill people, and rather than that be found out, she kind of handles those situations that's fair and i i i guess her big thing is that or his big thing with mike is mike was getting fairly close to figuring out the secret of not just that these animatronics were alive but why and who did this to them mike was getting close to figuring that out but but through dreamscaping, like, like it's just such a specific thing <laughs> that Abby had to find out by going to his house. And it just all of this stuff. He's like hopping around in his dreams and he comes close to figuring it out. Even still, he didn't know who the rabbit was. She literally tells him my father. <laughs> She's the one who tells him. <laughs> The name gives him the whole thing. So it was like, even in the end, he wasn't close to figuring it out. Like, why Um, not just kill him on his first day? You give him the job, put on the suit, walk into the security room and just kill the guy. You have somebody (laughs) on the inside who's going to clean up after you. So like, what, like, why play this game in the first place? Why yeah. not just get rid of him if you're trying to get rid of him? Right. And now, granted, homies, this is one of those things that maybe as if you know the lore and have played all of the games is a little bit more spelled out for you. But this is one of, like I said, this is one of those things we think as casual viewers that is going to stand out to you if you don't know. And and I, I do think it because there is going to be a sequel. This is not going to be a standalone film due mm-hmm. to the success well, of it. So... I was going to oh. say, well, depend, depending on the success, like, because I did also read that they honestly have plans of doing three. Right. Um, depending on how well the reception for these are. So. Right. And so that could be something that we get into later is more backstory, more reasoning, because William is very much a small part of this. This is much more about like the other animatronics 
Freddie, Chica, Foxy, um, and Bonnie than this is about William, which I mean, makes sense because that is what it was like in the original game. The first few games is William is introduced later on. So that could be something that they're wanting to dive into later. And we just got a little taste of it now. Mm -hmm. But once again, my issue isn't really with William, it's with Vanessa. <laughs> so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the honestly, I think more so than anything within this film. Obvious, like I said, I do think that the um, custody bit could have been cut out for me. Mm -hmm. I honestly think we could have probably started with Mike at the career counselor. I don't know that we even really needed that bit in the beginning where he sees I mean, the kid and he thinks that he's being abducted. I understand why yeah. he's in there. Yeah. I, I but, same. And yeah. like, it's just kind of a wild sequence, but I hear you too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it, it gives us a little insight into stuff about him that we'll learn anyways. So I understand why it's in there, but that though, like those are the things that I stood out to me as thinking, Oh, this could have been left out. Mm -hmm. Vanessa's character was the biggest kind of con for me in a movie that Fair. otherwise i really in, actually enjoyed um but yeah, I, 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 I was just gonna throw it in there now i do know that vanessa is a character from the games now granted i don't think she plays the exact same role i'm not entirely sure i just know that that yeah. character of vanessa was from like was an easter egg right um, i think she's a mix of like two different characters gotcha. the movie vanessa is a mix of like william because i think in the game william has a son william, and... william has several kids in the oh, game okay. yeah he's got like a whole ass family but like <laughs> But yeah, Vanessa ain't one of them. <laughs> Vanessa ain't one. Vanessa is, I believe, like either a guard or yeah, a cop in one I of the things. I think she's a but... guard in one of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And other than that, though, there is a lot of stuff that I enjoyed about this this movie. And I think I just really, I don't know, the more I watch these sorts of movies, I think I'm just really a fan of this kind of like animatronic kids place setting that it has gone wrong sort of yeah. a, a plot i i just think that there's there's so much fun to be had in them and what i like about this movie is i do think that they lean into the fun yes mm -hmm. it is a more serious kind of story i than a willie's but they keep the fun still and i do think that they do a good job of utilizing the things that you expect to see from this type of movie because we do really get to use every bit of this set i think we really get to see everything that i would like to see from a setting and characters like this and i really enjoyed that i think my favorite bits of it was honestly just kind of seeing mike go and spend the night at this place and seeing the action ramp up. Because that's another thing that they did do well is obviously with a story like this, you have to have a reason that the person keeps going. And I think that they did that well is not having too much happen before finally it gets revealed. But then they still that's another thing, I think, for the idea of Garrett 
is that Garrett serves as a reason to go back because we have to figure out the mystery of Garrett, which these kids know, which Mm -hmm. Abby can solve. And so like it all ties together in that way. And I feel like that works really well because I could see that being enough of a reason to want to go back, even though, you know, and, and I also think not having them be violent with our main characters until much later on in the movie, I think was also the best thing they could have done because Mike has no reason to really suspect that they're violent until they are. And I also think that that worked, worked really well and kind of separating Mike and Abby also, you know, brings them back and then starts the whole rescue mission and all of that. It like leans into itself very well. I think the the plot points that they set up in the beginning to come back later all flowed very well and like made sense to me. There's no part of this movie that I thought, oh, I wouldn't why would he do that? Like I understood the choices that Mike made throughout this movie mm-hmm. and I accepted them. Fair enough. All fair points. Um, (laughs) But I think it is about that time. I mean, I've kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about. Unless you have something else, uh, we might be able to just hop into our rating here. Yeah, no, I think that that is that is it for me. I think I got I talked about everything that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, So then that just leaves what we going to rate it out of. I'm gonna throw table forts in there as an easy mm-hmm. just fall back if we ain't got another. Okay. I would table forts. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Yellow rabbits. Yellow uh, rabbit. Security badges. Mm. Training videos. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> these are all pretty good. Um, <laughs> this one actually, like, there's a lot you can there's see. A, there, for yeah, this there's movie. a decent amount. <laughs> Funny enough, something about security badges, despite the fact that we it's a little generic, we might need it for other things, mm-hmm. it kind of hits for this one, and I wouldn't yeah. be mad using it for this. Okay. I'm down to use security badges. Okay, okay, okay. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, You know what? I'll go first. Okay, okay. Hit me with it. I am going to give Five Nights at Freddy's... You know, I'm going to give it a four out of five security badges. Okay, solid. I actually had had a good time with this movie. I enjoyed myself. I there's so much visually about it that I think was really appealing to me. And I was really excited every time we went back to Freddy's. Like that is the part of this movie that I really, really enjoyed. The animatronics were really cool. And honestly, the mystery of it, I, 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 I like surprisingly liked that. I did not go into this movie thinking it was going to be like a mystery, <laughs> but mm-hmm. the aspects of it that were, were some of my favorite trying to solve that in real time with Mike. I, I enjoyed that a lot. And I think they ramped up the action. It starts off a bit slow, in my opinion. Like I said, I do think we could have jumped into things much quicker than we did. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with cutting out some of the stuff that to me does not feel necessary. The being fired from the original job, the custody battle, things like that. I don't think necessarily 
add as much to the movie as the movie thinks that it adds. And therefore, I think that stuff didn't really need to be there. But once we get into the action, in my opinion, I think it moves at a good pace. It's really, really fun. There's like a light campiness quality to it that I think keeps things feeling good and approachable, even for a casual fan. Um, but I, I feel like there's also a lot of stuff here that I hope that, you know, more like experienced players with the game enjoyed about it. My biggest gripe is honestly just the Vanessa character. I don't, I don't love what they did with her and she is a pretty big part of it. Um, every time she pops up, I just was a little bit irritated because of the way that she was written more so than anything. Like I said, I think with the reveal, you kind of give her character a little bit of leeway, but even still not enough for me to feel like she was a solid addition to this film. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was, I was, I was pretty, pretty pleased with this movie. I'm, I would be excited to, to watch it again. So yeah, four out of five security badges. Okay, solid. Um, I think I'm going to give this a 3.8 out of five okay. security badges. Um, I feel like throughout this review, I've nitpicked a couple of things, but I think for uh, anyone listening, listening very carefully, uh, I also was kind of flip-flopping back and forth because, like, I am in this moment about how I feel about the movie. Overall, I think in general, this movie as an adaption of Five Nights at Freddy's was a success for me. Mm -hmm. um, as somebody who is a novice to the franchise, just going into this movie fairly blind we'll say pretty much blind here um it was kind of what i was expecting it to be um i got all of the visuals that i wanted i got that campy energy that you mentioned um that i sort of expected and with it being a pg-13 horror film i kind of checked my expectations in that regard and i think the movie hit everything i needed it to hit so like overall on paper I think as far as adaptions go, this was a good adaption. Now, some of the more minute things in terms of like plot points and some of the pacing stuff where like, I do feel like this movie is slow, but mm -hmm. then there's the other part of my brain that's like, well, the actual game itself is kind of slow too. Like that's kind of incorporated right. into the franchise and the energy. So it's like, it's, it's in this weird gray area of like, yeah, it's a con for me, but like, I mean, it's kind of like written into the to the franchise. So it's like there are things that I on a personal level wasn't a huge fan of for this movie, but there was nothing really in it that I overtly hated. And to me, going into a film that was so anticipated and had a lot of hype behind it that's kind of a win in my in my head where it's like you you passed the test and even exceeded my expectations in a couple places but just wasn't perfect for me mm -hmm. so like overall i did like the movie i'm not like racing to go watch it another time nor did it really like make me feel like oh man i really want to get super invested in five nights at freddy's yeah. But as just a standalone adaption of a game that a lot of people love, I thought they did a really good job. 
So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say a 3.8 out of 5 security badges. Yeah, I think that's like the best thing that I could explain for the way that I feel about this movie is to me, this is one of those movies where it's like it has quite a bit of flaws and feels like for most people, it's just, you know, it's it just very much feels like one of those like, oh, this is like a Friday night popcorn horror movie. There's not a bunch of stuff that's super special or anything about it, but it's fun. Like this mm-hmm. to me feels like those movies that I love just because I'm like, this is a fun movie. And like I had a good time watching it and I could watch it probably a lot of times and, you know, not get sick of it in that same way that I feel about like slashers where I'm just like, yeah, I could throw this movie on in the background and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I like this movie. Yeah. And one more time again, I always love and appreciate when productions seem to give a crap about whatever mm-hmm. source material they're going after. Like, I feel like that care and attention was there. And for that, I thank you all. <laughs> My biggest thanks. Thank you. <laughs> um, but we would love to hear what you homies thought of Five Nights at Freddy's. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to talk to us on our Discord, you can always find the link for that in our social media bios. And like we said, to be part of the next Discord Decides, we have one um, every month. Our last episode of the month is always decided by the homies. We would love for you to put your votes in. So come through to join that. You can also email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email us requests, recommendations, and business inquiries. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Monday is where we play spooky games, hang out with the homies, have some drinks, have some laughs, and we would love for you to come through and say hello. You can also find the link for that in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. It recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, you can leave us a rating by clicking the stars underneath our name. But that is it for us homies and that is it for our November episodes. The next time we'll be talking to you, it'll be December. And one last thing, the day of this recording is the day before Thanksgiving for us, but just in case we haven't hit you with it, happy Thanksgiving to all the homies who are celebrating. Hopefully you had some great food, had some great times with uh, your friends and family, and we hope that you had a great holiday. And we'll have some great holidays coming up here soon. Mm -hmm. So with that, we'll catch you next time, homies. Bye.